Okay, guys, well, I've been married for, it seems like forever. I've been married for six years now. April was six years, and it has been really difficult. It's been um, hard to share space with somebody constantly. It's been hard to not be able to escape when you are not seeing eye to eye. It's hard to communicate with somebody who has a completely different personality type than you are. I'm sure the same goes for him. I'm super outgoing and extroverted and I can make conversation with anyone and I can storytell and blah blah and he's very introverted and reserved and quiet and he doesn't like telling the same stories or maybe even at all he leaves details out like crazy and he'll have a complete conversation about plans with somebody his mom his ex or the whatever the case may be and not communicate it and I over communicate it's just a constant work in progress it's a constant struggle but like any good relationship, what makes it good is that you want to learn about the person that you're with. You want to learn how to make it better. You want to learn ways to improve your union, just your state of being with one another, right? At least that's what I hope most of you would say. <laughs> Unless you're completely fed up with them, then that's a whole different show. With that being said, this relationship series that I decided to do, it's like, oh, it'd be really cool. Let's do different series and then we'll just build off of that. After my series with Jesse, I kind of was like, okay, what do I talk about now? Because there's so many different facets and so many different avenues to relationships. The topics are endless, but what's most important and you want to zone in on knowing yourself, knowing the person you're with, and what can you do to build a solid foundation. So Jesse and I, over the course of our marriage, we have done self-help books. We have watched different series and seminars. Um, we've attended marriage conferences. And there was one marriage conference that we went to where we learned about love languages. Now, the first time that I heard about love languages was from my sister-in-law and she let me borrow a book. And then it was reiterated at the marriage conference that I attended. There are five love languages. They were discovered by Dr. Gary Chapman. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And in this book, he presents the idea that relationships grow better when we understand each other, which I think that's a no-brainer. Like everybody would be like, well, yeah, if you understand the person, then obviously your bond's going to get stronger. You're going to grow together and everything's going to be peaches. You're going to be shit and rainbows, right? Not exactly. But everyone gives and receives love differently in a relationship and more simply put in life, in marriage, dating, parent and children relationship, friendships, which is a form of a relationship, co-workers, the list goes on. How you perceive love or appreciation is not necessarily how another person does. And also how you love, give love, show love is not another is not how another person might do it. They might do it differently. So it immediately made sense to me 
that everyone has a different style of how they want to be loved, perceive love, and love in return. This is very insightful information when in a relationship and also while single and working on yourself because let the truth be told, like none of us can love anyone if we don't even know what we view as love or how we love ourselves. Typically when someone isn't feeling loved or not seeing eye to eye with another individual outside of that person being a complete jerk off, um, as far as relationships are concerned, it's pretty much comes down to a lack of understanding and a lack of communication. When you ask someone, male or female, who is against odds with their partner, what the issue is, they would most likely explain that they're lacking love, attention, communication, or understanding in some area of their relationship. If it were a wife, she might say that she needs, he doesn't buy me things. You know, he doesn't just, he doesn't appreciate me. He doesn't buy me things. Or I always have to ask him to clean the house. I always come, I come home, I have a hard day and there's shit all over the floor and he just doesn't do anything and just sits there. And the husband in return would say, you know, I'm confused. I do everything that I know how to do and I don't know what else can be done. I'm doing everything I can do. I think in this area, this is where Dr. Chapman found that typically people love in five different categories. So what are the love languages? Okay, there are five different types. According to Dr. Chapman, the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So let's go ahead and break each of these down. Physical touch doesn't necessarily mean over-the-top PDA, you know, the kind where you're like, get a room. Instead, it's more like physical connection, holding hands, kissing, hugging. It can even mean like sitting close, like when you see people, they go out to eat and they sit in the same booth as opposed to uh, on either side of each other. It's a way for couples to feel connected and safe. However, I'm going to use me as an example in all of these because I don't know y'all and how y'all roll. So physical touch is not my thing. It is, I don't know why. It's just not what I'm into. Jesse is full on physical touch. You know, if we're sitting on the couch, he'll like tickle my arm and I can't stand it. I hate it. It feels like bugs, you know, spiders crawling on my, I don't like the sensation of it. I don't like the feeling of it, but He is, that's his way of showing affection to me. That's his way of showing, you know, that he's present. He's in the moment. He's there with me. He's connected. He is very touchy and I'm not. So when we first started dating, he always wanted to hug and hold hands. And then I would just be like, oh, and I read it as clingy. I'm like, God, you're so clingy. And then he, of course, was like, you're complete and total, you know, snot. And we had to work through that. I didn't realize that physical touch was one of his love languages. Like that didn't make sense to me until we took the test and we learned about this. The marriage conference where it dawned on me like, oh, like once I I read what his love languages were, I thought back to all the times of us dating, you know, I just didn't want to be touched. And he took it so personally, like as if I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And that's, that wasn't it. It was just bothersome to me physically 
like on my flesh. It was bothersome to me to have him constantly touching on me, you know, and I'm that way with the kids too. I'm just like, you know, my hugs are short. I don't know why. It's just, just the way that I am. I've been trying to get better with it. So like I give lots of hugs to Kiana now and, and those kind of things. And if Jesse, you know, is in a, cause he'll subconsciously do it. If he's, you know, stroking my arm or something, I'll kind of fight through it or I'll just hold his hand instead. So I think people who are physical touch, you have to um, keep in mind that that's just a way for them to show you that they're into you. They're, they're there. They're connected with you. And if you don't give that to them in return, they can end up feeling a sense of abandonment. They could feel like not nurtured, like you're not nurturing them enough. The next uh, love language is receiving gifts. So everybody likes to get gifts. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I feel like this is somewhat broad, but there's people who do not feel recognized if you never bring them flowers just because flowers. Or if you're in the store and you're like, oh, Celia would like that. Let me pick it up for her. You know, that could also fall under acts of service. But when you come home with that gift, they feel like, oh my gosh, you know, you went out of your way to do something thoughtful and meaningful enough to bring me home my favorite candy bar or a tub of ice cream because, you know, you know that I've had a tough week and you wanted me to feel appreciated and loved. It doesn't mean that this person craves materialistic things in order to feel valued and loved and you you don't necessarily need to go overboard and like buy a gift every day it's the fact that it's a small little trinket just for them like you had them in mind enough to bring them something and so receiving a gift is like a surprise like I, it makes me think of okay my middle child Sammy he is totally a gifts person through and through like he doesn't even have to take the test for me to know and I know this because Every time we go somewhere, I mean, we could go to a freaking 7-Eleven. His dad will come out with something and he is so excited about it. Like he, he's so excited. He loves gifts. He loves getting things. And, you know, Kiana's the same way, but she's five. So I, I just think that's a kid thing. So you can't really like um, base it off that. But I do know that she is words of affirmation because anytime you tell her she did a great job, her face lights up. So let's roll into words of affirmation. The saying, um, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me is complete and total bullshit. They obviously did not have words of affirmation in one of their tops, maybe not even on the spectrum at all. As we all know, as adults, words can and do hurt people. Um, and, you know, people who are words of affirmation, my husband is another one. So his top two are words of affirmation and physical touch. And ironically, those are my two lowest. <laughs> I have a mouth and I don't want to be touched. So that sounded bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I can get mouthy like I'm sassy and then I don't like a bunch of touching. And then my top two, which are quality time and acts of service are his lowest. So we had a lot of work to do and it was very rocky in the first, 
I don't know, three to four years. Um, it was pretty rocky and we had a lot of um, growing to do and we still do. So words of affirmation being one of Jesse's top two, I think, I think he almost tied like he was maybe like a point or two um, away from one another with physical touch and words of affirmation. But he would, he'll always tell me you're beautiful. You know, I love that dress. You look so pretty today. It, he just, you know, it just comes naturally to him. And I love compliments. Don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't, it doesn't put butterflies in my stomach. Like if I were to come home and the whole house is clean. If I come home and the house is clean, I'm over the moon. But that's because my highest is acts of service. So for him, he's words of affirmation. So if you say something to him that is not a compliment or it's anything where it is somewhat offensive, like I could say to him, so you're going to sit and watch this all day? You know, like an actual question. And he will take that as I'm calling him lazy because he's words of affirmation. And so I know that sounds really complicated because you're probably thinking, which this is what I thought. Oh, so I got to walk on eggshells with every freaking thing that I say. Like I need to be able to just talk and be me and be in this relationship and just, but it's, it's not so much about that as it is respecting somebody else's way of communicating and their way of loving. Because if I come in there and I'm like, oh, so you're just going to watch this all day as opposed to, oh, babe, are you catching up on this show? You see, there's a difference. I can still ask my question without damaging the part of him that receives love. If I deliver something to him because he's words of affirmation, he's going to take that and hold on to that shit for three days, maybe a week. And then I'm just like, you're still on that? Like, get over it. Because with me, I'm not words of affirmation. So you could say whatever to me and I'm over it in 10 minutes. It rolls off my back. And same with, like, if I'm mad, I'll spew shit out and then I'm over it. I'm done. But everybody doesn't work like that. So you have to keep in mind that if somebody is words of affirmation or you are words of affirmation and somebody is not, you're going to have to figure out what they're, how they receive love because by you telling them they're beautiful, while that's nice and compliments are nice, it might not be as meaningful as you are intending it when you say it. Quality time love language is all about giving somebody your undivided attention. And that means time spent with someone you love that's without distraction, without your phone, without the football game being on, without the TV. I mean, quality time, just like when you guys are first dating and you're so into this person and you give them your undivided attention. All you want to do is spend time with them. You want to give them all of you, right? You want to get to know more about them and do cute things like sit on the couch and talk or go for a walk or go for a coffee and talk over coffee. Whatever the case may be, you are not distracted. It's not now, this, this one is another one that we bump heads on because, like I said, I'm access service, quality time. Those are his two lowest. He just, he's not wired that way. So I'm like, oh, let's spend some time. And he thinks because we're on the couch watching TV that we're spending time. And so when my love tank isn't full, his response is, we sit on, on the couch and watch your shows or a movie all the time. And I'm like... You might as well tell me we drive in the car to church together because it's just something we do. It's not an allotted 
space where it's just me and you connecting intimately. And I'm huge on that because I need somebody who is mentally stimulating. I love to conversate. I love to talk. I love to spend time with people. So it, he's been working on that a lot. And now I'll say to him, okay, I'll just tell him, okay, I need a weekend. I need time. I need just me and you. Let's go somewhere. Because you get caught up in the day to day, like, you know, Jesse mentioned in our last episode, you get caught up in this day to day activity. And then it's so easy to just forget about your partner. It's so easy, even if you don't have kids, like you get caught up in work and then you get home and you might go work out and then you might eat, you know, you throw kids in there, forget it. Your day's gone. It's nine o'clock at night before you even said two words to your significant other. So if your person is quality time, you have to be intentional. You really have to be intentional with all of these love languages. But if your person is quality time, you want to be intentional. So if you're prone to canceling or postponing together time, it's going to hurt your significant other. And it's not going to be enough to be with somebody physically and not emotionally. You cannot be emotionally unavailable with somebody who has quality time as their love language. Taking someone out to dinner and then, you know, chatting it up with your server. You have a full-blown conversation with your server or you're on your phone through dinner or you're easily distracted. That's not quality time. So I, I want you guys to really, if you are with somebody who's quality time, it has to be intentional. Um, so this is the hardest one the last one, which is acts of service. I say it's the hardest one because people who are not acts of service, it can be difficult to know how to give to somebody who receives in that way. I think I scored like a nine on acts of service and then quality time was like a seven. So let me give you some pointers for somebody who is acts of service. First, the acts of service um, love language, it's different than receiving gifts. And these two kind of get mixed up. And Jesse says to me, you know, I'm like, you, you don't think of like, if I'm out and I see something, I'm like, oh, that would be perfect for Jesse, you know, and I'll get it. That can also equate to a gift, but it's more like you recognizing that your significant other identifies with acts of service. And basically to sum it up, acts of services, actions speak louder than words. If I had to put like a quote next to it, that is exactly what it is. You could tell me all day that I'm beautiful and pretty and blah, blah, blah. But if you treat me like I'm not, what you say doesn't matter. You could say that you do things around the house, but if I see that you don't, what you say, null and void. So Acts of service is all about action. Acts of service doesn't have to be some grandiose, huge event, you know. It could be something simple like, uh, we're, okay, let me give you my perfect scenario. I often chat Jesse throughout the day just to check in with him. And if I'm telling him about my day and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, I'm slammed here, it's busy, da 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 da, and I'm an over communicator. So he doesn't have to guess. Okay. So I'm telling you about my day and oh my God, I'm slammed. And 
oh, and Kiana has gymnastics tonight. And then I have to go and I got to record this podcast. I got to edit. Oh, and then I got to make dinner. Da, da, da. Okay. We're just a normal conversation. And now he usually gets off work at five. I get off at four. If he were to be home with dinner made by the time I got home, I would probably cry. I'm not even going to lie to you because it's such, to some people, it's like, what? That's ridiculous. So you want the man to cook dinner? It's not about that. It's about the action. He saw that I was stressed out. He heard that I was stressed out and he thought, let me do something, action, for her to relieve some of her stress so she doesn't have to worry about at least this much when she gets home. You see where I'm going with this? So it's the idea of picking up a little of the slack so that I don't have to feel like, even though it's not reality that I juggle it all, it's not because I have a husband. He helps tremendously. But in my head, I feel like I'm having to juggle it all. So when he goes the extra step and makes the bed, means the world to me. It's one other thing I don't have to do. So it's re- it's taking things off of my plate. It's relieving stress off of me. And that to me is an act of service because you're doing me a solid. You're, you're looking me out. You know what I mean? And, and then I'm not stressed out. Then I'm not anxiety. And then I have time to do the physical touch, to spend quality time, to fill his love tank with words of affirmation. Oh my God, I can't believe you did this for me. You're the best husband. Thank you so much. Look at this beautiful job. Dinner's amazing. You see what I'm saying? So now it's give and take. I'm acts of service. He did something to me. It prompts me to fill his love tank naturally. It's not like, oh, he's got to step first. This is a give or take. And it's the same for, again, any kind of relationship. I'm speaking on marriage because I'm married, but this can go for dating. I mean, anything, your kids, you might have a child who is quality time and then you never spend time with them. Mom, let's go to the movies. Oh, I can't. And then he sees you sitting on the couch watching TV on your phone. Well, he's going to feel dissed. He's going to take that to heart because he's quality time. He wants to spend time with you. So it's really important to know not only your partner's love language, but your love language. And I I really, I think that this is monumental. And of course, I'm not the person who um, came up with this and thought of this. I don't take credit for this, but I do think it's very important. And once you learn about your love languages, you know how to communicate, you know what actions to take, and you know what things to avoid. So to sum it all up, words of affirmation You want to encourage, affirm, appreciate, and be a good communicator. Actively listen, respond actively. You don't want to not give them recognition or appreciation for anything they've done. You know, if they do something and then you just don't even say anything, that's going to sting. So you you want to be proactive in appreciating and recognition. Physical touch, nonverbal way of communicating. Body language, touch to show love, hugs, kisses, cuddling, you know, stroking their arm, playing with their hair. You don't want to physically neglect them. You don't want to be emotionally unavailable. You don't want to shun away from them. You don't want to act disgusted (laughs) that they're touching you. Receiving gifts, thoughtfulness, make your significant other or whomever, your friend, your coworker, your, your child, Make them the priority, receiving gifts. Give thoughtful gifts, do thoughtful gestures, 
when they give you a gift, express gratitude. Don't just say, oh, cool, thanks. Like they are going out of their way to think of the best gift to give you because they are so excited about it because this is how they're showing you love. So you, you have to be receptive to that. Express gratitude when receiving gifts. Being unenthusiastic or not getting gifts or this is a big one, forgetting special occasions, that is going to cause problems because gifts is what they do, okay? Quality time, uninterrupted, no phone, no computer, no game, uninterrupted and focused conversations, one at a time. Be interested, engage, build your intimacy, create special moments, take walks, cute ideas, have a picnic on the trampoline or on the back porch or on a swing. I don't know. Go to the park. I don't know. But you want to create moments with your partner and do small things where they feel like you your attention is on them. You don't want to have a bunch of distractions and you don't want to always be going out with your friends. It's cool to, to hang out with your friends sometimes, but you don't want to do it all the time where they feel like, okay, you don't even want to hang with me. You, we always got to be around somebody. So be careful with that. And of course, acts of service, let them know that you want to help. But more importantly, don't just say it, do it. Make breakfast, dinner, make a bed, help with chores, pick one of the kids up, grab an order that they've been waiting on. Lacking follow through on any type of tasks, small or large, is really going to put a bad taste in somebody's mouth who's acts of service. Like follow through is everything. So if you're not going to come through, then don't even commit. I hope that um, this was insightful. You guys can learn more about the love languages by picking up Dr. Gary Chapman's book, but you can also go to fivelovelanguages.com to find out what your love language is. I'll catch you next time. Peace. You have listened to an episode of Sugar Coated, and remember, new episodes air every Wednesday. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be your bestie for life for a five-star review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. I want to hear from you, so be sure to hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at Sugar Coated Podcast, where you can follow for all the latest updates. Catch y'all next Wednesday. Peace.